Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports is Job podcast journey of the working sports professional. This is your host, Colby Costello. I got a bonus episode for all of you today. Usually, I release my episode on Sunday, but I've decided to release this episode early on a Wednesday. And the reason for that is I understand that many of the conversations that I have with these individuals that I connect with that work in the sports industry can provide many value to you. So I decided to release a little early and share our conversation and let all of you hear it. But before we get to the episode, I'd like to cover a few things. First, if you aren't already, I invite and welcome you to follow us on all of our social media. We are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under Sports is a Job. Secondly, if you've listened to previous episodes or even after this episode, please, if you found value in it, share it with others and leave a review, leave a rating, because again, we do this for all of you. So now let me introduce today's guest on the Sports is Job podcast. Today's guest is Ariana Palmer. She's a graduate of Ryder University where she co-majored in marketing and sports management with a minor in Spanish. She was also a student athlete on the women's varsity swimming and diving team where she served as team captain her senior season. After graduating from Ryder University, she went on to Drexel University to earn her Master's of Science in Sport Management and a minor in Athletic Administration. She is currently the Marketing Coordinator at the University of Pittsburgh Athletics. She's just started her sports career. But she's about to share with you all the advice, all the lessons, all the things she learned in her journey so far. We cover what she's done at the University of Pittsburgh, the trends they're doing, the things that they're doing there with the marketing department. And without further delay, let's get right to the episode. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Sports is a Job podcast, Journey of the Working Sports Professional. This is your host, Colby Castillo. And to remind you, what I do on this podcast is one, I'm, I'm, I'm currently on my journey working towards being an AD. I document my journey, share you my insight, and share you what it's like from day to day. Secondly, and more importantly, I bring on guests who currently work in the sports industry. They're in positions you thrive to be in. They're, they're going through the journey that you'll be going through, and they provide their story, their journey, so that you may understand there are many different options and many different paths to success in the sports industry. So, today's guest, I would like to formally welcome Ariana Palmer to the Sports is Job podcast. How are you doing today? Good, good, Colby. Thank you for having me. And I appreciate you coming on to the uh, podcast. And I kind of just want to make it clear um, how wonderful people are out there, um, such as yourself. I mean, I, cur- I just reached out to you on Twitter. I posted something about um, if anybody would be interested in helping me out and jumping on the podcast. And you were the one of the people that kind of just reached out, the first ones to come forward and be like, yeah, of course. And you have no clue who I am, no clue what I do. But the fact that you're willing to do this speaks a lot to your character. Thank you. Yeah, I believe in networking extremely, especially because um, both of us come from different parts of the country. So being able to have a network um, is very important in this industry. Mm-hmm. And that's something I, I've learned um, going through this and talking to many other uh, people in the industry. They always talk about networking, networking. You know, networking is a very big thing. Um, so I want to start off um, from the beginning. Let's go to your childhood, you growing up. Um, and I'm kind of interested because... You know, you were a Division One student athlete as a swimmer. Is that correct? 
That is correct. Yep. Yeah, I'm kind of interested. You know, where did this love, where did you start? How did this um, love to swim and really turn you into becoming an athlete in that aspect? Sure. Um, so I was the first child, um, just me and my sister. And when I was about, I mean, two years old, I did like a mommy and me class with my mom at our local like, community college. And as I progressed through each class and moved up the levels, eventually when I turned four, I was able to swim well enough to eventually join the summer swim team. And I swam that whole summer. And then when I turned five, um, that school year, I actually joined um, a swim team, a swim club that swims all year round. And basically that is really it. Like it just started from my mom, just wanting me to learn how to swim. And I just stuck with it um, all the way through college. That's gotta be cool. It sounds like you were born and raised in the water. And where, where exactly did you grow up? Yep, I grew up in um, Burlington, New Jersey. So I am about 20, 25 minutes out of the city of Philadelphia. Okay, so you, you, you understand what it's like to deal with the cold weather and the snow out there then? Oh, yeah, yep. We've had, we've had some harsh winters for sure. <laughs> so now I want to continue on. Um, you attended Ryder, Ryder University as a student athlete, um, as a swimmer. And I always thought about myself as being someone who stayed busy. And, you know, when I was a student athlete here at University of Minnesota Crooks and I was on the football team, um, I always thought of myself, you know, I stayed busy. I did a lot of internships. I did a lot of work. But then I looked at your resume as far as what you did. I mean, you were a double major in marketing. You were a double major in sport management. And then along with that, you had a Spanish minor. And then on top of that, you were a student athlete and you were working jobs and in different internships. So my question to you is how the heck in the world did you balance all of that? Um, it's really funny. Everybody always asks me that. And um, I've always just been a doing a lot. Like I always got used to do a lot. I just always had so much on my plate. Um, and I think it really just comes from what my parents instilled in me. They were just like, if you want to do something, go ahead and do it. And we'll find a way to support you. So mm -hmm. from a young age, even I've just been dabbling in this, dabbling in that. I mean, on top of swimming, when I was younger, I did karate, I ran track, I played soccer, and my parents found a way to get me to all those activities. So having that support and then making sure that I went to a program that was gonna support me being able to work as well as get those internships that you kind of need to network, mm -hmm. um, that was really the big factor in me choosing Ryder um, because the coaches instilled that they put school and they put um, academics um, before athletics. So mm -hmm. I had the support from my coaches. Um, I told them, hey, I want to pick up a part-time job so I can help pay for, you know, alleviate some of the stress off my parents who were paying for school. Mm -hmm. um, so I had my own spending money, you know, things like that. And then um, they knew that I wanted to be working in sports. So they connected me with our athletics department at Ryder and with our AD and with our um, senior women's administrator. And that's how I was able to get that in. So having that network and then making sure that I had the right people in my corner mm -hmm. definitely helped um, make sure that I can balance everything for sure. So how do you think, how do you think someone who um, isn't fortunate enough and doesn't have that support system that you were talking about, this great support system that you have, how do you think they get that support system? Sure. Um, and I think it's, I think most of the time, it's, if you have a want to do something, mm -hmm. you know, you're going to find a way to do it. So, you know, hey, I want to work in sports. I want to, you know, be anything or do anything. Um, if you have that drive, it's, it's naturally going to come to you. Like, you're going to be able to naturally reach out to people. Um, I used to make friends with the other 
not even just athletes, but just other students in my class who might have had another connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and naturally, being an athlete, you click with athletes more because they know what you're going through, things like that. So I was able to click with people on the track team who might have knew someone who worked at Penn State or click with people on the basketball team who might have knew somebody that worked at Miami and things like that. And so I think if you might not come from a background or come from a place where there was much support, but at least you made it to the point where you are. And there's many people out there who definitely want to see you succeed. So if you just send a quick email or like we did, connected on Twitter, mm-hmm. things like that, um, you're definitely going to find um, your team. That's how I, how, I, how I put it. Yeah, I think I think one of the things how you were talking about, you know, if you you know you want a certain thing, in a way, I think it's a positive attraction because you'll positive, you know, you'll you'll attract certain type of people um, in your life. Right. And then how you were saying, you know, there's so many different platforms. You got LinkedIn, you got Twitter, you got Facebook. I mean, there's so many ways for us to connect. Like you're all the way there in Pittsburgh. I'm all the way here in Minnesota, and here we are talking. Um, doing a podcast episode that that we're talking about the sports industry, about how you're going through this journey. And a lot of this information is going to be spread around the country, around the world. So, I mean, there's really no excuse for anybody um, to say, I can't build that that support system or I can't network with people because there are the tools out there. You may not know what they are, but they are out there. And you just it's just a matter of reaching out to people. I mean, if you're going to school, reach out to the AD at your school. Send them an email. Stop by their office. Stop by um, whoever's office that works in the athletic department. Ask them. You know, I I, I dream I dream envision myself of being in your position. Uh, what's your advice? How do I get to where you are? And I think the surprising th- thing people will find out is that people are so so nice. People are always willing to help. And you know, we're not. We're all on our own individual journeys, but I like to say we're not alone. One thing I would piggyback off of that a little bit, kind of what I was saying before, I think no matter what size school you go to, mm-hmm. um, somebody who knows somebody is going to know an athlete. And there might be an athlete in your class or, like I said, somebody who knows somebody. And if you just reach through the network that you already have, you know, you can get connected to the head men's basketball coach or the, the guy who's in operations who can make you a manager or mm-hmm. give you an internship over the summer. So it's just also, it's not even um, thinking outside the box. Just think about who you already know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the answer is right in front of us, is a, is hey, right a good saying. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and so how did this, how did the love for um, your passion and, and want to work in the sports industry, how did that come about? Sure. Um, I think I've just always been, we're, we're a very sporty family. Mm-hmm. My mom played multiple sports, my dad as well. Um, and then my sister, my younger sister, who's a rising senior in high school, she's plays multiple sports and getting multiple offers. So we've just always been that family. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad took me to games. Um, you know, my mom always um, analyzed things for me. And I think one thing that really showed me a lot um was my mom, who knew nothing about swimming. I mean, my parents <laughs> combined played every other sport yeah. but swimming. And what showed me a big thing was how my mom saw that I was going to be a swimmer eventually, and she, like, learned the sport. She learned the sport. She learned all about timing, and she learned, you know, about all the different equipment. Like, my mom, by the time I graduated, she knew sports. She knew other kids' times. Uh-huh. She knew everything. And so that, like, showed me, it was just kind of like, 
again, there's no excuse. No. Like, she took the time to learn. Like, if this is something that I was going to do, she took the time to learn. So that kind of instilled me, like, hey, sports has always been a big part of my life. So this is something that I'm going to pursue. I'm going to take the time to learn. I'm going to take the time to reach out. I'm going to take the time to really immerse myself um, in this and make sure that I can, I'm getting the most out of it and giving back as much as I can, too. Mm-hmm. And definitely, I respect I respect your attitude and your perspective on it because I think a lot of times um, people get afraid of, of the fact that they're entering the sports industry, whatever industry it is, and they're intimidated by the fact that they don't know things. But with your perspective, mm-hmm. and it's something I do as well, it kind of excites me, and I, I I I'm excited by the opportunity that there's so much thing, so much of things to learn that you know, like like I just want to get to it because. I'm just excited by the fact that I, I, there's a lot of things I don't know, and I can't imagine 10 years from now when I learn all of these things um, in the, the position I'm going to be in. And so I kind of want to ask, there was this funny interview that I saw that you did about four or five years ago, um, and they asked you what your nickname was, and I just was wondering, is your nickname still the Big Ace? Actually, it actually is, yeah. Is um, it? Funny, funny story about that. Um, my freshman year... If you know anything about swimming, um, we are together, I mean, most of the day. A lot of us are the same major, so not on top of that. We're at practice, then lifting, and then classes together. Mm-hmm. So the swim team at schools, are they're a really close-knit group of people. And um, at Ryder, we were fortunate enough to be considered one team, so we also practiced men and women together. Um, so I think it ended up being like one day – my friend, it was my freshman year, my friend called me that, like he called me the big ace. And I was like, wait, what did you just say? <laughs> and apparently it had been like a running, it had been like a joke that the men's team used to call me. Um, I mean, not, and nothing in a bad way, just like a, a funny joke. And they were afraid to tell me about the nickname because they thought I wouldn't like it. And I was like, no guys, that's actually like a really awesome name. And so they were, they were like shocked at themselves. But ever since my freshman year, um, they either call me the big ace or um, ace. So, and it's really um, it's really cool now because I'm I've graduated about three years ago from Ryder now, and I'm still known um, as ace to people who are on the teams or freshmen who I've never even interacted with. But the stories get passed down and the nicknames and all that kind of stuff. So it's a funny story. <laughs> And I was listening to the video, and I was like, dang, I was I was like, I wish I had a nickname like that. I don't think everybody, the only thing is I get, my name is Kobe, they're like Kobe Cheese, or they're like uh, Copester, and I'm like, Big Ace? I would have loved Big Ace as a nickname, but um, <laughs> going... my mom calls you that now, so... <laughs> even your mom calls you that? Even my mom calls dang, me, it, so it, it, it caught on with everybody. It's on. It's yeah. <laughs> so after your time at Ryder University, um, you went to Drexel University, and you majored in your master's of science in sports management. And so I kind of have to just say congratulations because I know you graduated in 2019. So it still is um, a fairly new thing for you. What is your opinion and what is the importance of grad school you think that has played into your development? Sure. Um, so I think it was my junior year of at Ryder. Um, you know, you're thinking of next steps. Um, you think about what classes you're going to take for senior year that's going to set you up and internships and things like that. And just from the research that I've been doing, it was just looking like everyone wanted you to have um, a master's. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants you to have that extra experience 
whether it be um, maybe like a year-long internship or just the extra coursework. But a lot of the things that I was seeing, that's what um, that's what it came down to. So I said, okay, I don't mind going back to school. That's something I kind of was leaning towards anyway. Um, mm-hmm. Fun fact: I was either going to go to grad school or to law school. So I picked. I ended up picking grad school just because. I think that was aligned with my goals a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, junior year, I just did a lot of research. And by senior year, I said, okay, like I want to know where I'm going and you know what program I'm going to get applied to and things like that um, by the beginning of my senior year. Like I'm narrowing it down to these three schools and this is what I'm going to do. Um, and then just a little bit of background on that. Uh, I think people get a little caught up in you know grad school mm-hmm. and um, – grad um, assistantships and things like that. I think um, I graduated in one of those like odd years, like I was 2017, and you know, I had, had to go grad school, grad programs, um, and to get an assistantship usually run two years. Yeah. And sometimes they run on the even year. So when I was actually really looking, I did not see a lot of programs, a lot of schools that had that sports management major, but also had a grad assistant position in the athletics department or even with like a swim team, things, something like that. So um, I actually had very slim options to um, to decide, you know, was I gonna just go to school and maybe take out a loan and just do it that way? Or was I gonna wait and take a gap year? I had a really big, it threw a wrench in my plan because I said, I'm gonna know where I'm going. And it really threw a wrench in my plan. But like I said, having the teams that I had behind me and I was able to talk with it through my advisors and with my coaches and with my parents. Um, it definitely helped solidify the plan that I did end up choosing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think there's so many different options because I think about my experience myself. Um, I mean, I just graduated recently uh, in May 2019 with my bachelor's in sport and rec management. And mm-hmm. I kind of took a, took a look at my different options. And it was, you know, plan plan one and not necessarily in order. Um, plan one was to go full-time grad school student. Uh, plan two was to work full-time at, in an athletic department. And then plan three was to work full-time and then also go to full-time school. And I kind of took a, a, took a, look, a, a look at all the different options. And I think one of the most important things that people out there need to know is that you have to understand who you are um, as a person. You know, who are you are your values, what's your strengths, what's your weaknesses. That way you don't get stuck in a plan where you you regret later on and, and you're not able to thrive. So right now what I'm currently doing is I actually ended up coming back to the school I graduated. Um, I work full-time as the athletic assistant event management and intramural coordinator. And then I also do online school, online grad school doing my master's. So it's one of those things where you just have to understand what works best with you and whatever that is, you know, figure out how you go down that path. Mm-hmm. And so I, in that same interview where you talked about your your nickname was Big Ace, you mentioned mm-hmm. that you wanted to be an AD. So is that the same goal for you to be an athletic director? Yes. Um, as of right now, it, that is my end goal. But um, I think like my hierarchy would be to make my way through and become a director of marketing or assistant director of marketing and then kind of like work my way up the ladder. Uh, I don't want to jump right into that like AD position. Um, I want to be able to have the experience of working in, with different departments and, you know, kind of getting your foot wet in a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I really like 
Mercury and departments in athletics because I feel like they dabble in a little bit of everything. Ticket sales, they dabble in promotion, being able to interact with fans, but also doing a lot of administration work as well and being able to show their creativity. So that's um, my plan really, just kind of work my way up through by way of the marketing department. And um, I always thought that I would want to be you know, like make history and be like an AD at a giant D1 school. Mm-hmm. But um, now that I actually am at a school that is in one of the big power five conferences, um, it's kind of made me reevaluate that idea a little bit. Um, I actually would not mind going back to like maybe a small D1 or D2 school mm-hmm. where, um, you know, athletes and professors and coaches and the, the athletic department are very close knit and, you know, you get to see athletes on a day to day basis and, you know their stories a little bit more. Um, that's, I think that's kind of where my uh, my idea is heading now. Yeah, and I, I just did an interview, my most latest podcast um, with Harold Watson. He's the uh, director of athletics at an NAI school, uh, Goshen College. He actually had mm-hmm. that same thing about, you know, he has years of experience at D1, D2, D3. And he was saying about that, that the reason why he kind of went back to NAIA is because he likes to have that close-knit um, he likes to be able to know his his student athletes on a first name basis and talk to them about their um, about their life and what's going on uh, in the personal life. And it's not it's not a knock on D one. It's just that D one is just on such a bigger scale that you can't you really don't have the time as an AD to to interact with the student a- athletes as much as you want. You know. Mm-hmm. And I I personally think that you know the student athletes are a powerhouse of a school. You know, sports is the front porch of a university as they say and so you got to take care of your athletes and a lot of fans sometimes don't see it that way you know they just see oh the football program and the football coach and the basketball program and mm-hmm. the basketball coach mm-hmm. but those those athletes that are putting in that work you know day in and day out that's who whose stories you want to you want to learn and those are the people who are going to be our workforce later like you want to connect with them yeah. So that's how that's how that's like my thought process through that. Yeah, and sports is such a wonderful thing because I think about all the my teammates, all the other student athletes that I went through school with. I mean, you had people from myself, from Hawaii, from California, from New York, mm-hmm. Florida, Texas. I mean, you have people coming from everywhere around the country, and even internationally, we got basketball players from uh, Spain and England. Like we have, it's just right. a, such a wonderful opportunity that. Um, college sports provides it's, it's one of those reasons why I really wanted to work um, in college sports and continue this career and to give back to the student athletes and make their experience better than I, mine was I, I can agree with you on that mm-hmm. one for sure and so I saw an article about you uh, most recently that you went to volunteer at the Pro Bowl um, last year and yeah. so how was that experience was it well, you know, what was the biggest takeaway from that Sure. Um, so I was able to do that through Drexel. Um, every week they send out a newsletter with um, volunteer opportunities, internship opportunities, job opportunities. And that was one big thing that people need to remember when they're looking at schools as well. Like, is this school going to set me up? Not only is the coursework going to apply, but what are they doing for me professionally um, mm-hmm. to help develop me as a, as a future um, free agent, you know? Yeah. When you're done school, you need a job. So that's one thing I like about Drexel. They send out a weekly newsletter with all these opportunities. And my friend um, that I worked with at Drexel um, had went the year before, and I had asked her. I said, "What? How did? How? What? Like, how did you get to do this?" 
And so she told me, let me know. And I said, okay, like next year I'm going to apply. So I actually had bugged and bugged my advisor. I said, when is this like application coming out? And eventually when it did, she sent me the link immediately. Like, this is what you've been looking for. You know, I applied for it um, and it ended up getting a few like shifts as they call them. And just being there was a really cool experience. Um, I went by myself, but I came back with five friends from literally across the country, all in different um, points in their career. Um, I met a kid who was from Washington State. He had never been to Florida, never been to Disney. And we really hit it off. You know, we were able to work together at the Pro Bowl and then also to enjoy our time at Disney. Um, and then this just shows you how networking really helps you. Um, he ended up getting an internship this past summer with the Philadelphia Eagles and me being outside of Philly, you know, I was able to reconnect with him again. Mm -hmm. So that just goes to show you, it, it all comes full circle. Yeah, it's a, it's a networking, networking, networking. I think it's one of those things we just have to keep pounding into anyone who's beginning a journey and to people um, who are already in the industry, you know, networking never ends. Um, again, like this is how, how we met, how we connected was through the uh, YPS sports chat on Twitter. This is something that, you know, administrators and everybody from around the country, this is where we connect. So let's take it, let's take it to current day, um, present day. And currently you're working as a marketing coordinator at the University of Pittsburgh Athletics. Um, how did this opportunity come to you? And what it is it what is it that you do day to day? Sure. Um, so when I initially graduated, um, I walked I actually walked in June of twenty nineteen, but with credits and things like that, I finished in December of twenty nineteen officially. Um, but before actual graduation I said I wanted to have a job in sports. I wasn't currently working in sports, but I was working in marketing, um, which where my double dual degree comes mm -hmm. in handy. And um, I said, I'm going to have a job in sports. And, you know, I was just looking, 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 you know, all those sites that you look on, um, NCAA Marketplace, mm -hmm. um, Teamwork Online, all those all those things, Twitter, things like that. And I was applying, just like everybody else, applying, applying for jobs. And, you know, I, didn't, I think that they didn't think I had enough experience, especially in the sporting industry. Mm -hmm. Even though the job that I was coming from was very marketing-based, um, Sometimes it doesn't always trans translate to sports. So um, I actually saw this position um, on Teamwork Online, and I actually work not exactly for Pitt. I work for um, IMG Learfield. Okay. And I'm, so a lot of people know them. We're up and coming. I'm in the technically I'm in the ticket office, mm -hmm. but as a marketing coordinator. Um, they saw a need for this position, and so I was the first. I'm the first marketing coordinator at Pitt through IMG, and basically, what they needed me for was um, helping out with email campaigns, um, you know, marketing marketing campaigns, social media campaigns, things of that nature. So they were just having trouble um, organizing and trying to figure out who to target and emails. Um, how many emails are we sending a week? How do we revamp our Twitter to make you know, um, make a bigger presence. Because a lot of, like I said, Pitt being a power five school, if you look at some of our interactions on social media, it's not as big or not as not as um, positive as it should be mm -hmm. or as it is other other institutions who, who we compete against. So that was one um, big thing I'm tasked with. So my day-to-day -day is kind of um, 
planning out emails that we're going to send, and this is um, all regarding to, towards tickets. Mm-hmm. So we ticket um, ele- we ticket eleven sports, and um, you know from football, basketball, women's basketball, baseball, all that kind of stuff. And we are getting women's lacrosse for twenty twenty one, and that will be also a ticketed sport. So it can be, hey, we have many plans on sale. Hey, we have um, season tickets on sale. Um, you know, we capitalize off of big other big programs coming and playing in our yeah. arena. So, you know, we played Penn State. We played West Virginia. Um, you know, we played Louisville and Virginia and basketball and all those guys. So we kind of just curate emails, um, how we're going to send them, when we're going to send them, who we're going to send them to. And then also, too, I do a little bit of um, graphic design for our, for our sales reps. So when they are outbound calling and they have a, a group who may want to come out to a football game, I can make a poster that is not this generic poster that we just give everybody. It's going to have their group name on it, and it's going to have um, links specific to their group so they can go and purchase their tickets online if they want to. Um, and like I said, their logo, it adds a personal touch to it. Mm-hmm. And then also, too, when they come out to a game and um, we're able to see them and meet them, we take pictures for them down on the field, and then we can send them a thank you letter with their pictures in it. And we have people coming back year after year bringing their groups. So that's um, a giant overview, but mainly what I do on a daily basis. Yeah, and I think it's 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 important how you were talking about the presence of the um, University of Pittsburgh athletics on Twitter. Um, there's such, there's been such a big importance on building your brand for organizations, for um, individuals about building your brand through social media. Um, so, through your experience so far, what do you think? What platform has been the most beneficial for you, for you guys, to driving ticket sales? I definitely believe it is. Um, ooh, I think it might be a tie actually for us for. Facebook and Twitter mm-hmm. because we have those Facebook ads that run, you know, I get them even though I work here, but that's good that I'm getting targeted because at least we know that they're working. You yeah. know, somebody who's in the Pittsburgh area um, and they always have, you know, hey, there's only a couple weeks left in the season. Make sure you get your tickets, that kind of verbiage. And it always links back out to the ticket page. And then on Twitter, with us being the ticket office, we can put out a tweet and it might be a football generic tweet, but um, the pit football Twitter page is able to retweet it and get way more eyes on it. Yeah. So you tag them, they see it right away, and they retweet it. So those are the two big um, platforms that we've been seeing a lot of more success on. And we personally, from the ticket office, Twitter have been running more um, giveaways and more things to get people interacting with yeah. the office. Do you think that's the? Do you think that strategy um, has been working well with doing like giveaways and things like that? Yes and no. Um, you know, you you don't want to just say, "Oh, Pitt is just giving away yeah. tickets and giving away stuff." Yeah. But um, we did hold a few giveaways, which really helped boost our follower count, mm-hmm. which helped boost our interactions. Um, people were replying back to us, and that's good because that is putting Pitt tickets onto. Um, somebody else's Twitter page who may not even be connected to Pitt. Mm-hmm. So it's also the little stuff too. Like um, we were able to grow our following based on, I think we did about two giveaways. We were able to grow our following and gain leads, get people's information to be able to reach back out and contact them later um, by about 52%. Mm-hmm. Some like astronomical number. So it's just like 
that's where we need to be and that's where it's trending. Yeah. And um, so once um, Pitt can identify and people can identify with us, um, you know, that that's just going to keep steamrolling and moving in a positive direction. Yeah, it seems like you guys, you guys are planting the seed and then really um, trying to piggyback off of, like, other people's followers and networks, get your get the eyes on whatever it is you guys are doing. What is your opinion on um, TikTok? Because I've seen a couple sport organizations, a couple universities have been hopping on TikTok. And it's a younger crowd, but I think, you know, getting your eyes, um, getting eyes, uh, kids' eyes on the things you're doing, maybe they convince their parents to um, buy tickets. Do you do, what's your know about, about TikTok and what do you think is its place in college athletic marketing? Sure. So um, I think people have to remember that sports is always evolving and then so is the way that people consume sports. Mm -hmm. So sometimes people may think that schools do too much on social media and they do too much um, on Facebook and they just, we're we're sending out too many emails, but they don't realize that that is how a lot of people now are consuming um, media. Mm -hmm. So we have to send out emails. We have to do a lot of things on Twitter. We have to do a lot of social media pushes because that's how young people watch stuff now, you know, and that's how a lot of people interact. They might not go to a game, but, hey, at least they're following us on Twitter or at least we may be able to snag them for another game. They see that we did well um, last night, things like that nature. So I just think that uh, a lot of schools, and especially us, are trying to get after that market. Like, that's the way that it's trending. And I think we've been doing a lot of things here that people are, I would say, confused about. Like, they're like, wait, why are they doing that? But I think that in a year or two, and maybe like the five-year plan, people are going to see why we started and implemented the things that we did now. Because, mm-hmm. again, not a lot of schools are gearing towards things like that, but not everyone's fully on board just because they have those diehard, invested fans and alumni. Mm-hmm. But when you're able to implement new new things, um, it's always a hard change for some people. But I think in the long run, they're going to see how beneficial it will be um, to, you know, getting more bus and seats and getting people to buy more tickets and getting people to wear, you know, pick gear. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, for for anybody to really ignore what's going on social media, I mean, either um, you're living under a rock or you just don't really pay attention because it's one of those things, like you said, um, a lot of the market, everyone's on social media. This is how you know people are seeing links, people are buying things through social media. So not being on mm-hmm. social media, really, you're losing at a great opportunity to sell tickets to get butts in those chairs. So I mean, you're spot. I think you're spot on. I think um, I'll have to check out, definitely check out all the things that you guys are doing at University of Pittsburgh. So one of the last questions that I ask um, every guest that comes onto the podcast is. Who is an individual that you look up to that has had positive influence in your life, whether it's professional, personal, or in any aspect? Oh, my goodness. This question always like gets me uh, caught up just because there's so many people who have influenced me. Um, sometimes you forget how many people you actually know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always am like, oh, this person. And then I'm like, oh, my gosh, but this person <laughs> did this for me. But um, I... I it's probably super cliche, but just my family. Okay. Um, my, I would not be where I am today without the support of my mom and dad um, and a lot of the things that they sacrificed for me. Um, you know, my personal story, but like my mom, um, 
had started going to college and she ended up having me and I had to stop. Mm -hmm. So in 2008, she graduated with a bachelor's um, and from Ryder, we both went to the same school. And then um, she will be graduating with her master's uh, next year. So for my mom to be able to, you know, had two kids, you know, finish her, it took her 17 years to finish her bachelor's degree. And then she went back after that. Like, I don't know, that's just my hero. Mm -hmm. There's no way you can't, you can't knock that at all, that hard work and that, uh, the hard uh, work ethic. And then um, same thing with my dad. My dad was a military guy and he actually just retired from the military after 27 years of service. Wow. So they've just been hard workers. And through all of that, they have not once, you know, said no to me mm -hmm. and my dreams and helped me get to where I am. So they're just super superheroes <laughs> mm -hmm. it seems like you do have superhero parents i mean your mom learning about swimming going back to school your dad serving the military um serving our country and everyone that lives in it so i mean hats off to them they've raised a, a daughter who's gone off and does some great things and is headed to do some great things so again um thank you ariana for coming on the podcast i very appreciate your time and to the listeners who's listening to sports is job podcast like i always say we are all in our own individual journeys, but you are not alone.